now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. See, a United States Astro Robot becomes a creature of death. And these. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. The Dark Room will not be seen tonight so that we may bring you this special presentation. Hello everyone and welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. From class to the cult and the cheese in between, the movies are B, but the entertainment is great A. And I'm your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, but this time I am joined, not by my dad, but by my brother, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. Hey Jay, how's it going? Alright folks, not only need to set your way back machine, you also need to tune in your television set because we are going back and taking a look at Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. And we'll get to it right after this. For centuries, the Amityville horror has remained in this house. A mystery. A fear. And Helen must have money to burn sending something this big all the way from Long Island. It has the look of a genuine antique. Mother, it's as ugly as sin. Now I believe that the evil in that house could transmigrate into that land. No, the evil of Amityville has escaped. There's nobody here. Daddy was here. That it can and will transmigrate into another object. And only one man can stop it. You want to go, is that it? I have to go. And we have to get everyone out of that house now. No! The shape of terror. The power of hell. From 
Legends of the Original Amityville comes the most terrifying chapter. Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes. Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes was broadcast on NBC May 12th, 1989. Now, uh, you might think to yourself, Jay, that sounds familiar. Yes, you've probably heard it as just also called Amityville, The Evil Escapes. Um, and it also was uh, the Amityville Horror, The Evil Escapes, that they kind of thing. It's actually based on the book, um, The Amity, The Evil Escapes. Now, the book is the, uh, was a 1988, 1988, excuse me, uh, fiction book. And this is the fourth installment in the Amityville series. It is also known as the first known, quote unquote, uh, fictional sequel. Right. <laughs> so if you, if the thing with the Amityville Horror books... Is that now for those who may not know the story of the Amityville Horror, uh, the house was a scene where a young, I'm not going to get into all the details, but a young man um, was, he was accused of murdering his family mm -hmm. in the house. And then he told a bunch of different stories that he and his sister did it together and there was other people involved. And the guy was convicted, went to prison, kept coming up with new stories over the years, essentially. Um, then the family that bought the house that moved in stayed in the house for only a few days before they were convinced the house was haunted yes. and, they, and they fled the house. Now, th th those are true events. What the details of what actually happened in the house, those have been um, argued back and forth over the years, whether it was actually haunted, any of that. So the first three books deal with those in a pseudo nonfiction way. It's kind of a fictionalized account almost because there are characters that are changed or combined. Mm -hmm. This one is an outright fictional continuation. Yeah. And what's what the crazy thing about this is that this continues to this day. The, the Amityville premise, because it is based on true events, by definition, there cannot be a single copyright holder. So there are lots of movies and books mm -hmm. that have the word Amityville in the title and tie back into that because it was based on supposedly yeah. true events. Because Amityville is also a place, too. You can't yes. copyright the name of an actual place that exists. Yeah, it's not, it's not Amityville presented by Dasani Water, right. uh, you know, a subsidiary of the Coca-Cola Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so as Luke said, when the, the, when the, the Lutz family fled uh, 112 Ocean Avenue, which is the, you know, the idea behind what... Most people know is the Amityville Horror kind yep. of thing, you know, the originals and the remakes and stuff like that. They supposedly left all their belongings behind, which of course you would when you're thinking yep. that you're going to die. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you might have cool He-Mans. He-Mans. He-Mans? He-Men and his mans? He-Men and his cohorts. Um, you know, but you're not going to want to, you know, I, you're not going to want to die. So that was the whole point, you know. Um, so what happens is they, the book... The plot of the book is to get rid of the extra items. They have a yard sale held at the house, and all the items are held at rock bottom prices. And, are, and the buyers are not told that they're all cursed. Yeah. Um, and literally, there is two different movies based on this, yeah. which is crazy. So, of course, there's the Amityville 4, The Evil Escapes, we're going to talk about today. And then there's a second movie called Amityville, It's About Time. Right? And Amityville, It's About Time was also known as Amityville 1992, It's About Time, was also released as Curse of Amityville, the final chapter, mm -hmm. um, because it's not good enough just to, you know, call it about time. No. It's, we got to make sure we get the final chapter in there. I'm surprised it wasn't called Amityville, It's About Time, Jason Comes Back from the Grave yeah. to Meet Fred. Or Amityville, Get On With It. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, um, well, and, and the thing, I will say this. That the idea of the cursed items being sold at a yard sale, yeah. again, going back to the actual Amityville events, 
That supposedly happened. Yes. That all of the items in the house were either sold at a yard sale like a week after they left, and then what wasn't sold ended up being taken to the dump and thrown out. And there's actually a further Amityville sequel that deals with the stuff going to the dump. Yes. So <laughs> so some of you might be thinking like, okay, this stuff sound, this sounds very convoluted or whatever. So this is probably the best way I can describe it to you. For those of you who are f- fans of the Conjuring movies, right? Um, and, and you know, they have their room with all their artifacts and stuff like that. This, to you, like, okay, well, but they would have to collect these things. Mm-hmm. This, that wasn't what was going on in the real, in the real world situation that would actually happen then. They were just, get, they were convinced it was cursed. They had to get the stuff out of there and they was just sold away. Uh, you would think like, well, wouldn't you want, you know, collectors? This isn't now. It's yeah. 1979. Like, it's just a yard sale. Right. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, the yard sale of the damned. Yard sale of the damned. So, let's get on to our actual movie here. So, again, made for television, you know, a horror movie. These were very, very popular. Um, I mean, I'm... Let's forget the culture, you know, the Night yeah. Stalker and things like that. But horror movies were always very popular television, uh, made-for-TV movies, two-night events, because it's an easy sell. Right. Um, and Amityville, Amityville, excuse me, in the name itself, already had a built-in sell. Right. You know? Yeah. And, the, and the, the other thing is, is that this being the fourth film, it has that name recognition as mm-hmm. movies also. And, the, and, and at this time in the, in the 80s, it wasn't just horror but TV oh, sure. movies in general were very popular and successful. And it was, a, it was a good way for the network to, on a relatively small budget, fill a block yep. and have something they could use again and again yep. that could fill a two-hour yep. block. Yep. It was also good work for the people that were working in them because it was a way to make, oh, I made a feature. It may not have been shown in theaters in the States, but it was a good opportunity for a lot of folks to work on these films. Still, a 95-minute running time makes it a full feature. It was, you know, these movies... Uh, I mean, no, again, remember back in the day too. Is you know, the home video is still huge. It's the eighties. Yeah, you know, um, and they knew eventually it could sell this through to home video. Home video, that's right. So your director and and writer, uh, you know, again based on the book, but it's it's the the writer and director is San, uh, Sander Stern. Now, Sander Stern, ironically born July thirteenth, nineteen thirty six. Oh, is a Canadian. This goes straight uh, to the top. Yeah, you know, number one with a bullet. Uh, is a Canadian writer, director, and film producer, best known for making often many horror movies. Um, when you look at the stuff he's known for, um, he had worked on um, episodes of uh, The Mod Squad and Doc Elliott, things like that, which were, MB- I'm per- I think those are MB- Ironside. I want to say they're NBC properties. One of those were NBC shows. Properties. Yeah. Um, he actually would go on, obviously, he's, he's actually well-known for this, and then he would actually go on to work uh, for the USA uh, Cable Network on uh, things like uh, Jericho Fever and things like along those lines. The issue, not issue, I'd say issue, is that um, you know uh, he it wasn't like he was um, it wasn't like he was uh, uh, you know his first film. He'd no. been making films for a long time. Yeah, this is closer to the end of his career yeah. than the beginning of his. He'd career. been doing films and TV for TV. quite yeah, a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to say he was. I think he has a credit on the original Amityville Horror in some capacity. I don't recall might, yeah. exactly. What it is, but I, I want to say there was a connection that he had to the Amityville Horror. Um, yeah, so that, okay, I've got the notes right here. So, in addition to being a director, he was a screenwriter, sure. and he did oh, contribute okay. to the screenplay to the original Amityville Horror. So he had that connection in there. So it was a good guy to go get 
to say, hey, we're going to do an Amityville movie. Are you interested in coming back to do this? Where he already was familiar with the material. Yeah. yeah. And the nice part is, is that um, obviously, I mean, we're talking about someone who's born in 1936. This is now the 80s. This is into his 50s. I mean, this is not a guy who's like a you know 19-year-old kid trying yeah. to break in. It's, it's part of his witch's career. And and yeah, we talk about this a lot in the show. People are like, well, you know, it's not this, you know, it's not, uh, you know, um, Ridley Scott or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, some guys, may, they make different kinds of movies. It's just hard that, you know, some people work in television. They have a yeah. great, wonderful career. They have a life and a family and all this stuff. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing I mean, wrong with being a working director yeah. or cinematographer or screenwriter in the industry. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be winning awards or yeah. or anything like that. But that that is part of the industry that we don't often think about. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, um, music is uh, Rick Conrad. Again, these are all just people. This is all part of the, the, NBC, the NBC family of yeah. crew kind of thing going in there. Executive producer Steve White, stuff like that. Now, um, when you're talking about our main stars here are Patty Duke. Um, yes, that, that Patty Duke. Patty Duke. Uh, from the the Patty Duke show is what I know her best yes, from from uh, Nick at Night back in the day. Yeah, uh, Patty Duke, of course, you know, uh, made. Um, I mean, she made. She was in. Uh, obviously, the Patty Duke show was probably the most a lot of people actually know her from because that's where she got her start. Um, but then she went on to like more serious roles in like Valley of the Dolls, and then um, Me and Natalie, and later earned herself a Golden Globe for Best Actress in Motion Picture or Comedy um, in Me and Natalie. Uh, she actually served as the president of the Screen Actors Guild yeah, yeah. For, for, a, for three years. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm always a little disappointed when Patty Duke's in a movie and there's not two of her. Yes. You know, I'm just saying, especially one about like, you know, demonic possession and stuff. It yeah. could have been a doppelganger Patty Duke, yeah. right? You know? The, the, uh, Patty Duke, of course, um, is also was, a, uh, was diagnosed with bi- bipolar disorder in 82. Um, and then she devoted much of her time at that educating the public about mental health yep. um, until uh, she passed away in 2016. Um, and the thing is about Patty Duke is uh, depending on your age, um, some of you might have remembered the Patty Duke show because it's on television. And you, some of you might know the Patty Duke show from Nick at Night, right, exactly. um, like my brother and I do. And uh, Patty Duke was an, a- an actress and, and very an advocate for you know uh, mental health mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and she did a lot of things. But people don't you know she wasn't a major superstar no. actress. No, but that was not her lot in life. She, yeah. you know, she did television, then she did some serious stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. You know, I know some people look some people look down on. They're like, well, she never made these major movies. Not everyone makes major movies. No, no. you know, but she certainly had a career. And she made good money, and you know, and was married and had children, and you know, that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, your 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 second biggest name here is Jane Wyatt. Now, Jane Wyatt um, uh, was born in uh, 1910 and passed away in 20, uh, 2006. Yeah. Um, she is uh, famously known for being in movies like La- Lost Horizon. That's Frank Capra. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and then she was the housewife. She was uh, Margaret Anderson. On um, the, the fathers knows fathers know best. Father knows a lot best. of people yep. probably know her from that. Now, Lost Horizon is is a is a serious kind of like you know that's that's not a joke movie no, kind of thing. Being no. very different than being on Fathers knows Father knows best. Yeah. But to be honest, what most of you freaks on the network oh, might know yeah. her as. Well, let's see. Is she Spock's mom? Yes, oh, yes, she is a, Spock's mom. Amanda from the from Star Trek, the original Star Trek in yeah. in 1966. Um, you know, playing uh, Spock's human mother yes. character, which would go on to reappear uh, in different forms and played by different actresses in other adaptations, but a very important character, the character of Amanda Grayson, 
And uh, yeah, and it's, it's very funny because at this point, she is, um, you know, she, I mean, at this point, she is towards the end of her career. Sure. Because uh, yeah, I think she's born, what, 1910? 1910, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she's, so at this point, she's in her 70s making yeah. this movie. And it's like, I would not have recognized yeah. that as Amanda Grayson just looking at nope. her. It's like, who, this, this very stern, uh, unhappy woman who is uh, seemingly welcome of her family, but then annoyed by every single thing they do. Yeah. She's a three-time Emmy Award winner also. Yeah. Um, so, again, people, you know, her, her, her television career, you know, uh, littered with, um, you know, things as, like, like the ghost in Mrs. Mirror and, like, things like that, episodes of, like, St. Elsewhere and, like, things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, even to movies, making movies from the 1930s right through, um, you know, she was in. I mean, I mean, obviously, Luke's mentioning it. She's in Star, Star Trek, Trek Four, yeah. right? Which probably was her last actual non-television movie. I think I'm looking at. I mean, she's in My Blue Heaven. All right. Yeah. Like, I know people don't love that movie all the time, but like the original. You could, My Blue I mean, yeah, well, from, yeah, from but no, from My Blue. Yeah, right. But not not the not the 19. Uh, what, what, 91 or whatever. whatever. You could melt all well, this stuff. Like the, she was the original, in the, the original one. And then this was actually turned out to be her last uh, actual full-time role, yeah. I think, in a movie. So, and but, just as a uh, as an aside for uh, fans of our this show and her other show, she was also in Weekend of Terror, yes, as the nun, yes, and uh, Superdome, which was featured in the Kitma season of Mystery Science Theater. Oh my Series God, it was! Yes, yes. You never, are right. never done for the main series, but a, a, a uh, very very early Misty. Yes, for those of you who know your stuff, you know who know your Kitmas, you would know that. So. Um, and the nice part is, is that, like as Luke said, I wouldn't recognize her at all no. because she's very. Uh, it, it's in it's much later in her career. Um, the only other person I'm going to mention as a main person here um, is uh, Frederick Lane. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, now Frederick Lane, you're thinking like, okay, who is that guy, right? Frederick Lane. Uh, so I'm going to give you some hitters that you guys might know. Um, so he's he's Azriel the from Supernatural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of you are thinking like, well, I don't watch Supernatural. Uh, okay. First off, most of you are probably lying. Yes. Well, the show's yes. been on long enough. You've probably watched some Supernatural. Right. So how about he's, <laughs> he was Marshall Mars on Lost. Yeah. So you're saying, oh, Lost. Yes, I never watched an episode of Lost. I have not. Um, so some of you are saying, okay, well, what else, Jay? How about he's, I don't know, Eddie from Dallas, the yeah, original? original Dallas. So I am hitting every genre. Like, yeah. The, I, and, okay, so let's go a little more. Fine. I didn't watch Dallas. Okay, he's Frank McCann from American Horror Story. Yeah. Can I get any more topical than this? Like, I'm literally hitting series after series. No. He's been in a ton of movies. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, The Dark Knight Rises, Con Air, Ordinary People, Men in Black. Men in in Men in Black. He's the he's the the. not warden. He's the border patrol yeah. that gets the, the guy splattered all over him. Like, you know this guy. Yeah, yeah, and when you see him, you're like, oh, look, it's, it's that, that guy. guy. Yes. And, and you know, usually when you say, hey, it's that guy, you say, oh, because it's Dick, Dick Miller. Miller. Right. Um, because Dick Miller is that guy. Right. But like, you're like, hey, I know that guy. And you know why? Because he's in a ton of stuff. I want to make a movie with Dick Miller, Bill Nighy, and Lyndon Ashby. And just put it out there and let pe- and like just put them as the leads, right? And people won't know what to make of it. They're heads or tails. And then I get a bunch of big name stars to play characters. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I always wanted to make a movie where I had um, uh, David Keith and Keith David. Oh, yeah. Heaven Be Brothers? Heaven Be Brothers. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, um, don't get, copyright, don't steal that. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so let's get rolling with this movie um, because 
Boy, does it. Um, oh, man. Okay. So, on a rainy night, six priests led by, I'm not going to be dramatic, sorry, uh, Father uh, Father Manfred, who's played by Norman Lloyd, who probably is the fourth best known person in this entire movie, yeah, yeah. Um, enter the infamous Amityville Horror House and start to exercise it. Uh, as in, exorcise it, not exercise it. It was the 80s. You do got to make that distinction. Distinction, yes. Because <laughs> you're thinking, like, they're showing up in, like, unitards yeah, and stuff like that. Unitards and leg warmers yeah. and... So one of the priests, uh, who's it's, it's, it's Father uh, Dennis Kibbler, which is uh, Frederick Lee, uh, Frederick Lee, excuse me, um, is upstairs in the upstairs bedroom against to bless it when he sees a glowing brass floor lamp. I'm going to let that hang for a yeah. second. It's a floor lamp. Um, as he begins to chant, a burst of energy emerges from the outlet through the cord into the lamp. Yeah. Um, that may be the diplomatic way to put this. I am putting this in the nicest way I can. <laughs> a demonic face appears in the, in the large round bulb. Yep. Kibler is knocked across the room and now is unconscious. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. Yeah. So, so Kibler, and I'm going to have a hard time not calling him Gibbler. I'm just going to put that out there. Come on, Gibbler. But anyway, so he goes into the room, and there's this big floor lamp. And now you're thinking, okay, first off, whose bedroom is this that has this floor lamp? Because who's going to look at it and say, you know what? That goes in the little girl's room, I think, you know? It's terrifying. It's, it's, just, I mean, it's crazy looking. It, it looks like the tree from the Evil Dead if they turn it into a lamp. <laughs> and I mean that in every connotation of that statement. Yeah. But so, okay, so, so he's, he starts casting the, the holy water and he starts reading from the exorcism. Now, I always like that. As a Catholic, lapsed though I may be, I do like when they're actually reading from the manual. Because yeah, yeah, there yeah. is a manual in the Catholic Church to perform an exorcism. Yes, yes, yes. It's not just, oh, I memorized this. It's yeah. like, no, he's got it in the book, man. You, get, you can't mess that up. And so the surge of energy comes out of the receptacle, the wall receptacle. <laughs> Or outlet, the wall receptacle. And it looks like a cartoon mouse is, is now running through the cord into the lamp. It's Tom and Jerry level yes. of animation on this. Um, it's like, whoop, and it makes the sound. It's like, oh no, oh no. Uh, but yeah, it does. And then the face comes up and you're like, what? No, I, yeah, the face, it's just, it's just an optical, it's superimposed in yeah, there. I mean, right. I will say this whole scene. You know, it's, 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 okay, first off, you look at it and you're like, oh, this is a TV movie. You yeah, know, it has yeah. that, it has that look of a TV movie. There's no yeah. question about that, but it's not, this is the thing I'm going to say repeatedly. It's not badly put together. It's competently shot. It's blocked out well. It, it looks, it's, it's shot well. It's just, you can see they don't have a whole lot of money to do this. Yeah. And, uh, but it's like, this is actually pretty effective with all the priests going in and all that and all the crazy crap. I mean, it's not, it's not like a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 or anything with a crazy gag room, but it's got, for, for the budget, it, it's pretty creepy. And to be honest with you, this is the concept that the house is able to possess things is not original to this movie. It's yeah. been used before in the Amityville series. So it's not like they just like, that came out of left field. It's just, it didn't look like that yeah. when they did it the other time. It just, so. wasn't, it just wasn't a floor lamp. Yeah. <laughs> And didn't have a giant mouse surge. <laughs> All right. So a few days later, the real estate agent decides to have a yard sale by selling the items left in the house by the previous owners. Obviously, the Lutz. Right? We're supposed to imply it's the Lutz. Yeah, they, they never come they out never and say that. Right? Father uh, Manfred believes that the evil spirits are finally gone from the house. Meanwhile, at the yard sale, a woman named Helen Royce, who's played by Peggy McKay, and her friend Ro Rana, Rona, 
but it's not Rhoda, you know, kind of thing. The who's on Gloria Cromwell are looking through items when Helen finds the lamp. It is the most, I'm telling you, in daylight, it is even worse than oh, inside yeah. the house. That's one where you're, you know, you're driving past the yard sale. Yeah. And you slow down to see if it's worth getting out. And you, and just you see the lamp, you're like, no, no we're, no, we're not stopping here. <laughs> well, these ladies are like 100% we are going here. Oh, you know. So, you gotta wonder just how many mimosas they had at breakfast before setting out to go yard sale. Well, she says right? it to her. She goes, "What are you crazy? This thing's horrible." She goes, "It's a perfect thing." <laughs> so at only a, at only one hundred dollars, nineteen eighty eight money. Have you ever paid a hundred dollars for anything at a yard sale? Have I no? But in all fairness, though, I've been at yard sales where I'm like, "That's well worth," you know, something more yeah. than that. But I'm usually talking about like it's like. Three pieces of furniture and like yes. a bed. I mean, like I'm yes. like, yeah, this is worth like three hundred bucks or right. something like that. But I, you know, but no. Um, I mean, I guess I, a, a lamp, a I lamp. Mean, I mean, I guess I. Could. Anyone, who buys lamps at a yard sale? Yeah. Usually, at least in my neck of the woods, you wait till somebody throws it out on the side of the road and get a lamp. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's, it's not like it's a couch where someone maybe is loading their truck and you just drive by and steal uh, it. By no comment. No yeah. comment on that. <laughs> Still. Pending. Um, <laughs> Helen decides to buy the lamp as a birthday present for her sister, um, explaining that she and her sister send each other rather ugly gifts as a long, run, long running joke. I'm going to be very honest with you. The, uh, there's no way. Like, Rona goes, no. There's no way she wants it. She goes, that's why it's perfect. Like, it's, it's, it's the... It's the you know, it's the ugly, not, the, not the ugly sweater. White elf, white elephant. Yeah. Gifts, right. You well, know I mean? it, think about this: the sisters have this uh, arrangement to the point that they now live on opposite sides of the country. Yes. To yes. avoid doing this, she has literally moved to California. Yep. It's like that's as far as you can go and still be in North America. Yeah. Just say. She literally moved <laughs> clear across the country to get away from her sister and her crazy obsession with this thing. So while checking the lamp, Helen cuts her finger on the brass collar because. Okay, so let me just read this here. While while checking the lamp, Helen cuts her finger on the brass collar around the bulb. Ignoring the cut on her finger, Helen buys the lamp, right? So it looks like it is just cut. uh, Like someone took a, um, um, not not a pair of dykes, when you would cut a pair of uh, tin snips. Tin snips. Right? Uh, Dykes would cut uh, cords, right? And they cut tin snips and just kind of try to make it look dangerous. They accomplished. They accomplished. It looked, it looked, you know what it looks like? Walking tetanus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. Pretty much. And uh, I mean, it's like, why would, uh, whatever. I mean, I guess you know it's sharp now. You, yeah. It's, it's care, you know, caution sharp. That's what you put when, yeah. the, when the shipping guys come. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's like someone wanted to shake hands with danger yeah. and they did. They shook hands with danger. Um, so uh, we're, so um, as the day goes on, Helen's finger begins to get infected, discolored, and later Helen actually dies from the freaking tetanus now. Yeah. So... Let's just think about this because again, we're kind of you know we kind of mushing something together, right? Like the 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 lamp itself is god ugly. There's no way in the world this thing is humongous. You know it's going to have to go like by freight. Oh yeah. Like it's just like in my mind as a person who ship trying to ship something somewhere, going this why what? No. Like there's so many easier gifts than this. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. kind of thing. You 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 could get a you get a naughty button. Yeah. You know, of like a like, like a like a little uh, Santa Claus mooning you, that yeah. would be better than this, right? Yeah, if you need to hire an LTL carrier in order to ship your gift, it's like that. That is dedication to a joke gift. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
A week later, the lamp arrives at Helen's sister, uh, whose uh, whose name is uh, um, Alice Leacock. That's Jane. That's Jane Wyatt. Yep. Um, house and a. Uh, a house, a large three-story home on the beach in a small town called Dancourt, California. I have no reference why it was called Dancourt, California. Uh, so the house, this is an actual house yeah. in the town of Dancourt, California. Oh, it's real. Yes. Okay. Now, the difference is... I that, didn't know if Dancourt stood for something else in the books. No. Okay, sorry. But the, the difference is, is in this is that this house is shown abutting a cliff that overlooks the Pacific Ocean. In reality, it's nowhere near the ocean. One hundred percent. So that is clear. That's why you never quit. So whenever you see the back of the house over the cliff, it's a facade. Yes. That was, so behind the innocent-looking facade of a three-story house yeah. is, is where the story takes place. Um, that same day, Alice's daughter Nancy Evans is Patty Duke, and her three children, Amanda, who is the older uh, daughter, uh, was played by Zoli Trilling, Trilling. Excuse me, Brian, played by Aaron Eisberg. Um, and the youngest child, who's a quite, uh, who's quiet and mysterious, Jessica, by, played by Brandy Gold, move in with Alice. Now, Alice is obviously, um, you know, is she's she's um, Nancy's mother, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And Na we're we're still trying to like when we're we're learning now about why they're moving in, and it's clear that like there's tr like there's stuff that's like going on here. But she's invited them to move in with her. Yes. But doesn't want them. So she gave her basically an empty promise. Yeah. Like, oh, you can move in with me. Oh, great, Mom. Ugh. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like, why wouldn't we just... It's, it's like when you say, oh, yeah, we should get together. And you hope they don't ever say they're going to get yeah. together. You're like, oh, Jesus, i got to hang out with this person. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happens is uh, they, the, 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 the package arrives with the lamp. So... Um, once they arrive, Alice decides that she's going to open the package containing the lamp. Now, it's been there. I guess it's been there a couple of days. She's like, well, now I need to open this. Because literally, her daughter, who is now going through... Um, well, the, the dad's not dead. He's, yeah, he, the he's, dad is deceased. He, he died, right. Yes. But, but he's not... He, the problem is, it's kind of... They don't... They... It's not like it's not like he died like a week ago. Like no. he's been dead. He's been dead this for, has been a while. Yeah. It's been really. It's the dad's dead, but it's like kind of hard to tell how long the dad's been dead. Right. You know, clearly something's wrong. But this is enough with this woman still, even though uh, having her daughter lose her husband, which clearly has now ruined their lives. Yep. The mother's still like, you're so really. Yeah. Can you just buck up and get done with this? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Like, yeah. come on, kid. Really cramping my style yeah. here. You know. Yeah. Yeah, my, I'm 80-something years old, yeah. and you're really cramping me, lady, you know, kind of thing. So. Hey, you know, they say 80 is the new 60 now, yeah. so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they decide to open the packaging of the lamp. Nancy thinks the lamp is hideous, while Alice finds it to be interesting. Again, that's the diplomatic way you say something. Well, that is so interesting, what you have done here. <laughs> Once the lamp is turned on, Alice's parrot, Fred... Begins to act crazy, and her cat, Pepper, scratches Amanda. While the rest of the family pays little to no attention to the lamp, Jessica seems to be drawn towards it. Now, the bird starts going absolutely crazy. I don't understand what's wrong with him. And then, so she has a parrot, and the parrot's going flying around. And the cat, which is, I mean, they... they they walk in the door. Brian's like, hi, Grandma. I said, like, where's the cat? You know, yeah. like, oh, my boy. Yeah, you know? and it's like the cat is like already like, please put me down. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if the cat is affected by the demon lamp or if he's just had enough yeah. at this point. You know, I have, I've had a lot of cats. I, that's kind of how they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So the lamp then begins to manipulate. Try it again. The lamp begins to manipulate electrical devices around the house and perform seemingly impossible feats, such as killing the cat, the killing the parrot by putting it in the toaster oven. Yeah. So let's pause here for yeah. a second. Yeah. Okay. So the crazy electrical things I can sort of buy. Yeah. Since oh, yeah, yeah. The lamp is plugged in to the house. To the house, and so it now has access to all the wiring. Mm -hmm. Okay. They. She covers up the bird. She doesn't do a very good job of covering the bird. So cage. poor. Yeah. As as someone who's um, whose in-laws had a uh, Quaker parrot for years and years and years, and I'd have to go take care of it, like you have to cover it properly. Because any draft could first of all kill the bird. Right. You know, if you're not sure of that kind of thing. But they also you're covering it up to put it to sleep. Yeah. If it doesn't go to sleep, it won't go to sleep. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. So it yeah, only like half covered the cage. Yeah. And then, you know, so the the was it Brian, the, yeah, the, the, son? the son? He's trying to make breakfast and turns on the toaster oven and then the bird is in the toaster oven. Somehow. Somehow. So it's like, I'm not, did it possess the bird to fly into the toaster oven and sleep there because the woman did such a poor job? Did the bird just say, you know what, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this seems like a bad idea. I don't want to do this anymore. It's, it's never explained. And then, but it's like now you have this bird that's now roasting off in the toaster oven. And, and they didn't even put like potatoes or sage nothing, or anything. Nothing. Yeah. No seasoning. <laughs> nothing. It's not going to dry out. Way. It's going to dry out. So that's the first one, right? Yeah. Um, then like the garbage disposal isn't working properly. And then it's like is. And then like you're like, so they're going to like, so they, they, so they call the electrician. Yeah. Right. They, call, they call the guy that does all the work at the house. Yeah, so and he sends out it's his son, son yeah. who's like his assistant. Yeah. And so they're working on the disposal. And the the older daughter, who yeah. is really, really ditzy. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. she's like, Mom, I, where is my sweater? I know you're mourning my dead dad and all, but like I need my sweater if I'm going to school today. <laughs> so those of you who are our age understand exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. So so the guy comes, the kid comes over and he's gonna take a look at disposal. And so she's showing him where it is, the daughter. Okay, and the first thing the kid does, he okay. Now he doesn't go to the to the breaker box and turn the breaker off, but he does take the switch in the off position and tape it up. Yeah. So he is doing something. Yes. Before he reaches into the disposal. Yeah. And of course, as soon as he reaches into the disposal, you see the thing start inching down, inching down until uh, it flips and makes the circuit. And then, yeah. Now his hand's in, this, in, the, in the garbage disposal getting <laughs> cutting off his hand, right? Yeah. So the problem is he's like, well, he goes, he goes, oh, you see what's in here? And you're like, okay. And he looks in like, so you know, it's yeah. not like, he's not just like, he doesn't just stick his hand in. He does all the things you would do now. Would I 100% go cut the breaker box? Yes. Like it's, yeah. you, know, you got to lock it out. You got to not have any, any, you can't be, you can't be energized at this point. Lockout tag out is a universal truth. Um, interesting thing about that is that uh, our writer director claims to have not shot that. Oh. And believes that that scene along with a couple other gorier scenes were shot after the fact and inserted in because he didn't want to make a gory film. No. Yeah. So it's like it's not like it's not like stomach churning, but it is kind of gruesome for a TV movie. Yeah, and that's and I fall back to this is going to sound so dumb. I fall back to Profondo Rosso. Argento in Profondo Rosso talks about the pain of things that we can understand. Yes. Okay, versus the pains of things that yeah. we can't understand. You know how often 
I never had a disposal until yeah, the, I the house I live in now. I am, I'm still leery of that thing. Yeah. You know, I have the cover that goes over it and all that. And I keep, it's like, if I had ever have to take it off, you know, or, or clear it out, it's like, I'm making sure there's nothing near it or anything. So I can understand the fear of getting your hand caught in the damn disposal. Mm -hmm. We had our disposal grind a shot glass down. Oh, the wow. shot glass had fallen down into the disposal yeah. and we didn't know it. And, it's like, oh. what the, and there's a piece of shot glass left in there. Oh, my. So yeah. So. So, after the electrician's, uh, the uh, apprentice's son loses his hand, then the lamp vandalizes Jessica's room. Oh, yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, it tears the, the, the stuff off the walls and marks all over the, the yeah, walls. It, it draws on things. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it turns out all her drawers. It's, it, it just literally, like, I get the disposal, mm -hmm. right? The bird... Me, no, I, I can even sort of get the one I think it happened already with the chainsaw. Uh, was that before? Was that because I thought the chainsaw was before the disposal? Uh, yes, yes, okay, yes, so, yes, yes, sorry, yeah, 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 yes, so yes, Brian sorry. goes downstairs into the root cellar, yes, that's how these folks started, yeah, and there's a chainsaw, and he's like, you know, pretending to go with the chainsaw, and then the chainsaw starts, which makes no sense, it's a gas chainsaw, yeah. Not even an electric chainsaw. Yeah, and and he's 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 leather facing it all over there, <laughs> yes. man. He's, yes. he's cutting through yes. stuff. He wipes out the the thing with the potatoes. It's like not the potatoes, Get man. Sorry, because I, I in my head I switched those two orders. Yes, because he does that, and then that's because that's when the, the electrician comes. Like, you know, he's like, well, you know, I won't get him out of here. But they, they call the handyman. He's like, well, let's just get the kid to fix the disposal. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. where the, the the housekeeper who's there she grabs the the, the pry bar. Yes. Off the wall, and that's what jams up the chainsaws yeah. with the pry bar. I thought she was just going to, like, wail on the kid with the pry bar, which would have been, you know. See, the problem is, folks, what some of you don't understand is, like, you think, oh, a chainsaw fight's cool. The, you, if you hit a chainsaw with anything, just throw anything to the web of a chainsaw, yeah. the chain comes off and it's useless. Right. I mean, you ever try, I mean, seriously, if, try, try cutting wood with a chainsaw. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the wood is wet at all, it's, yeah, it's worthless. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's, well, I mean, it's it's certainly frustrating. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. But I'm saying is, but a chain, a chain like, some of you watch like those uh, things on ESPN, like they have those professional chains. Oh, like, yeah. Those things, you, first of all, they weigh a, a ton, but those things are designed for cutting wood, like quickly. A regular, everyday chainsaw you would have, I can honestly say I've, I have spent more time with dad trying to get the chainsaw to cut anything yeah. to the point where dad said, Let's just get the handsaw and cut it with the handsaw, the and we literally just bow saw through it way quicker. Yes, um, because it just takes forever. So, then so bad, so strange things are afoot here in yes, California. Yeah. We'll just leave it. So that. her room is vandalized, of course. Like uh, Nancy's, you know, what are you? Why are you doing this? What's going on? It's like, and, and you know, it's just. Yeah, it's a disaster. Anyway. They're, yeah, they're, you know, they don't understand what's going on. She wants, the mom wants her to move on from, with her dad, you know, her mourning of her dad, even though she's not quite over it. You know, there's, there's other creepy stuff going on. And again, it's all very TV movie at yes, this yeah, point, yeah. you know. It's a, but it's it's not bad. It's, not, it's competently done, which is kind of the theme here, yeah. you know. It's just not the most pulse-pounding stuff. So then they go to turn on the water, and now there's no water. Yep. There's like sludge and then nothing. So she calls the plumber, right? Well, the plumber comes over <laughs> for what's probably the worst idea he ever had. So the lamp then proceeds to kill the plumber yeah. by drowning him in sewage. Yes, and, and I feel so bad for this dude who just working a day to get paid, right? Just doing his job. He puts on his overalls. He's crawling around in the crawl space 
under the house, examining the pipes. And he gets to the sewer pipe, and he's looking at it, and he's looking at it, and he sees it. It starts bulging out. Yeah. Again, like there's now a cat chasing the mouse yes. down the, down the yes. pipe in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. And and he's looking at it, and he's pri- and he's like, there's some kind of building. So he pries the cap off, and you're thinking, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah, you're that's already not going to good. You're already getting covered in whatever's there. And then it's just a a, uh, a, a del- flood, yeah. a deluge, if you will, of black sewage. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, he doesn't necessarily know that it's satanic sewage. Yes. You know, but yes. it's, oh, and it's like, and, oh, and you know what? We'll never see this character ever again. Yeah. So he is now drowned and dead. Under the house. Under the house with a wide open sewage pipe above him. Yeah. Think about a, a open sewage pipe in your basement. Like, just think if your toilet backs up a little bit. Yeah. Think about that smell. Now imagine the entire sewage pipe is wide open. Yeah. And a corpse down there, too. And a that's corpse not, yeah. that's now rotting. <laughs> and, and here's the great part. Because that lamp is not done. The lamp now possesses his van to drive off. Yeah. And... Where? Where did it go? Because did it, it didn't just drive to the end of the driveway. No, like, it keeps going. going. It's, it's a long <laughs> shot. You see if it's growing down the road. Yeah. So the lamp, so the lamp decided to drive this guy's van somewhere else and yeah. park it. <laughs> you know, eventually, you know, there's some California Highway Patrol. All right, buddy. Pull yeah. you know, fast. What the? You know. <laughs> the, side, <laughs> the side stories here are amazing. <laughs> um, so now, oh, where are we? Then the van makes it, making it seem like he left. Jessica is now drawn to the lamp. And starts to believe her dead father's spirit is inside it. Yeah. Because this is where I thought the story was going to go. More likely once they said the dad was dead. This makes way more sense. Yes. But so far we've gotten the lamp um, roasting a bird off. Making a gas chainsaw come to life. Uh, chewing a guy's hand off. And the, the only one that even makes sense is the chewing the guy's hand off. And then drowning the poor uh, plumber yeah. in, in satanic raw sewage. Um, <laughs> Which would be a fantastic band name. Satanic raw, raw sewage. sewage. Um, uh, so, she, so he perceives it. Meanwhile, Father Kibler, um, while staying with Father Manfred, all the way back in Amity, they're on Amity. the other side of the country. Yeah. They're in, in Amityville, York, yeah. Amity, right? You know, kind of thing. Um, gets a call that the lamp, uh, where is it? Sorry. Um, Manfred gets a call from the lamp, which makes smoke come out of the phone and melts the speaker. Yeah. Okay. Well, because he's trying to call. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. He's been trying to. Because he, he went and saw the sister. When she, yeah, before she and, died. And she went died. and found out she was in the hospital. And yeah. then she goes to the hospital and she stays alive just long enough for him to see her. And then she dies. Yeah. Which is convenient. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then, so he's now trying to contact them. And every time the phone doesn't work when he calls. Yeah, right. And he gets And he gets connected with the lamp. And then it, it's, it's, and again, we had mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a Nightmare on Elm Street gag yeah. where the phone receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, and it's like. If, if the idea was to go for something that was kind of weird and creepy and not necessarily gruesome, I kind of like the phone mm-hmm. melting mm-hmm. and all that. It's pretty neat. I'm saying it's just a mixed bag of what we're getting sometimes yeah. here. It's like this has – a phone is at least plugged into a wall which yes. has wires, yeah. right? The chainsaw, what? Yeah. The yeah. pipe, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, there's no wire yeah. in there. I mean, I hope – I hope – I would hope they were not running electrical or any other types of wires to a sewage line. I am not a plumber. No. Or an electrician. Yeah. Or an engineer. Right. I can tell you those things are all don't all belong in the same place. All I can think is, you know, in a plumbing we will go, there's the problem. They got all the wires in the pipes. <laughs> oh, that's an absolute <laughs> classic. Um, where are we? So the phone and uh, melts the speaker. 
worried, he then travels out to Dancourt to investigate. So now he's going to go to all the way to yeah. Cali. Yeah, to he do gets this. the archdiocese to they they convince what are they they convince the bishop the bishop that he, <laughs> he now needs to go out to California. Yeah. So some of you know that you know okay that wouldn't really happen, yeah. but he's Gus he's going right. Well, actually, all he sends a telegram. Yes. Because he's like, I can't get through the telephone. This is the age. They still have like Western Union telegram. So he yeah. sends a telegram, which is promptly immediately lost. Which is handed <laughs> and then put down and then stuff put on top of it. Because somehow the house possessed the person, the, the, uh, the son, Brian. He puts it down and then puts his coat on top no, of no, it. The, or the wind blows oh, the wind, it. The wind blows it. It's something. The, yeah. goes behind the couch. Yeah, it's all crazy. They eventually, eventually find it. Yeah. Which is funny because it takes after he's already been there yeah. kind of thing. Um, uh, so when most of the family's away, Jessica is entranced by the lamp, um, which then uses its extension cord. Okay, so, the, so let's just back this up. The lamp is now taken out of the living room yep. and put in the attic. As one does. Right, because it is got ugly, yeah. and now it's just in the way. Yeah. We, we had the child, we had, we had no child, we had uh, the apprentice's hand ripped off. Like, get this thing out of here, yeah. right? So Jessica is now drawn to the lamp, mm-hmm. and she really believes it's that. So now the lamp is using, um, uh, it, it okay. So the housekeeper comes to bring Jessica her, her food because she's homesick. Yeah. And she's like, Jessica, where are you? He goes upstairs. The lamp then kills her with the extension cord. Extension cord. At least this ex- at least the extension cord is part of the lamp. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm, I'm willing to accept that. And it's right. like, okay, finds a snake-like thing and it, it, it strangles her. Right. So now, but now it's got the body. So yeah. they're like, okay. So it just kind of sticks her over in the corner. Yeah. So now you have a rotting sewage filled torps in your basement <laughs> an open sewage pipe and a dead old lady in yep. your attic you know when we covered Black Christmas on uh, the vault mm-hmm. I mentioned that I said this person is dead in the attic for days I don't care how cold it is you're going to start smelling it this yeah. is a worse setup than that yeah this is California this is California in the summer yeah <laughs> just thrown out there so now of course when they get back they think that the um, they think that uh Peggy's gone home. And they said, why would the housekeeper leave middle of the day? She's supposed to be here. She said, I don't know. Yeah. She's not here. She's not here. But her coat's there. Yeah. But her car's gone. Like, they, what? Like, what? You yeah, know, kind no, of thing. Nothing makes nothing sense. makes sense there. Yeah. Um, the police investigate, though they don't find the plumber's body. They didn't investigate very hard. Look, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like, Sarge, it really stinks down there. Ah, don't worry about yeah. it. I'm like, sure it's fine. Yeah. These old houses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they investigate and don't find the corpse in the attic. Or the corpse in the basement. Or the open sewage pipe. Well, you know, as I say, budget cuts among the police force in, you know, suburban California right there, I oh guess. You know. <laughs> um, so finally, Father Kibler is able to contact, gets in contact with Nancy um, and tries to convince her that the evil has taken possession of the objects from the Amityville house. Yeah, and they ha- they, they meet up at, like, the Sizzler is where it looks yeah, like they, yeah, they yeah. meet up the tongues. Like, can we meet somewhere? It's like, you know, maybe someplace like cocktails, you know, an app, you know, yeah, something like that. Of, you want to yeah. split this 50-50? You know, I mostly just eat bread. I'm just saying, you know, vow of poverty and all. But <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so, um, so he's trying to, he, uh, um, where was I? So the idea is that uh, they, they convince that the objects were, they rush home only to find that the lamp has used uh, a window to knock out Amanda. Yes, um, because Amanda, they, they leave, yeah. what, Jessica? Jessica, yeah. <clears throat> they leave her in the care of her sister. Amanda, yeah. Of uh, Amanda. <clears throat> and so they take the her to Amanda's room. It's like, oh my God, I have to watch my sister. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And 
So and so she hears she she hears the cat outside, Pepper. Yeah. And Pepper's like, yeah, I'm not going in that house. <laughs> and uh, and so she leans her head out. Hey, Pepper, Pepper. And the window the the window frame clonks her on the head and knocks her unconscious. It would have been more believable if she had like tried to go back in and knocked herself out. Because <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> so the window knocks her out because there's wiring in that, I guess. Um, so the powered windows, man. All the houses had those in the eighties. Um, and then so so um, uses the window to knock out Amanda, and now has brainwashed Jessica. Yep. So Jessica, 100%, is now brainwashed or possessed, possessed yeah. I guess. I mean, she's not really possessed-ish, yeah. maybe, right. by the lamp, right? And then she then proceeds to stab Father Kibler in the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, literally, she's like, well, let's stab this guy. Yeah, basically, they've all got to run up this one flight of stairs to yes, go in the yeah, attic. Yeah. And so she's got an easily, it's like, she has the high ground. And she if, has the kill zone yeah, right if, in front of her. If, 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 if Revenge of the Sith taught us nothing, yeah. <laughs> the high ground is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and while the Lance extension cord tries to stop him from exercising it, uh, the, the day is saved by Alice who grabs the lamp and throws it out the window. Yes. Shattering it on the rocky shoreline below. Yeah. Remember that rocky shoreline they showed you before, which is in no other scenes in this entire thing? Yeah, they show it right at the beginning, and we see a couple of establishment right. shots, but there's nothing then, else happens. Yes, there. and there's clearly, when she puts her head out the window, no cliff where she's talking to. Yeah. The, the thing, okay, so the extension cord, it goes in and attacks Father Kibler, yeah. right? Yeah. And then it's, it's got him, like, hog-tied up. Yeah. Right, and so she throws the lamp out the window, and now we're at now we're in the last reel of Die Hard, right? Because yeah. the thing is tied to him, yeah. and it's going out the window. Yeah. It's like oh, scrambling yeah. to get it off, and it's like, how high up are they versus how long is this extension cord? Right. I mean, this is like a hundred yard. I mean, it, it's a normal cord. It's not an extension cord. It's not like I need the hundred foot cord because I'm putting up the Christmas lights and I got to run it off the roof. And so he's just pulling and pulling and pulling. This thing's falling, and they get the thing off right before, naturally, before right. the lamp goes crashing down. Yeah, right. Be, yeah, right before it actually shatters. Uh, you know, and, and so so Alice, so the the grandmother who doesn't want her her grieving daughter and grandchildren with her has been put upon the entire time. Her whole house now has two court has two corpses and an open sewage pipe. They've ruined everything. Yeah. So take that lamp. Yeah. <laughs> so she chucks the lamp out the window. It falls and falls and falls and magically they get it off right before the father is now ripped out the window with the said lamp. Yes. Yeah. Falling to his death, stories below a cliff that's not beach. actually there yeah. onto the beach. Um, so where was it? It lands uh, through the window, shattering it, and then swirling below. The movie ends with the family thinking the ordeal is over, not realizing that the dead plumber is still inside their house. Yeah. Um, the camera pans to the remains of the lamp, showing that evil within has now possessed the family's cat. Yeah. Um, and you're thinking, like, wow, the next sequel must be about the cat. Nope, nothing to do with it. No, not about the cat. Um, yeah, it's like, just when you thought it was over, you're wrong, you know. But And again, one has to ask the question, is, is the evil possessing the cat? Or is the cat like, yeah, that's cool, I can work with that, yeah. you know. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing. All told, top to bottom, this is not exactly a horrific, you know, terrifying movie. There's no, no. question about that. No. Is it a decently made TV horror movie? Yes, yeah. I would say so, because it does a pretty good job of taking what is on its surface an okay concept, 
putting it in the stupidest possible context with this ridiculous lamp. Yep. But granted that, it does a pretty good job of doing it, of showing the idea of an evil force being brought into a new location and then reaching out and influencing the things around it and attacking the family. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, is it an Amityville movie? Yeah, you can kind of say that because it's an external force from a domestic object, whether mm -hmm. it was the domicile itself or, in this case, the floor lamp. But it's the, it's, it doesn't aspire to anything else. It's not, it never reaches the point where it's like, wow, that was pretty good. You know, you get things like, okay, I can see where they're having you know, their limitations, but that was pretty good. It just kind of feels a little pedestrian. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably the best word yeah. for it. It's perfectly serviceable two-hour block of entertainment on a Friday night movie, but you're never going to be like, Honey, we should have taped that. You know, again, I don't know why the guy's watching it in Georgia, but you know that's that's yeah. what it is. So um, it never actually came to uh, VHS. Uh, it never it came out. I shouldn't say that. It was distributed to home video by Medusa in the United Kingdom in April uh, 1990. Um, it it eventually came to DVD. Yes. Um, from uh, Illumination Filmworks in 03 and 07. Um, and most people, if you know it nowadays, is because you remember the Riff Track Live. Yes, of the it. Riff Tracks Live, which was done right around Halloween yes. in 2021. And it is a kind of very good movie for Riff Tracks mm -hmm. because, like I said, there's, not, there's no content to take out of it. Yeah. You know, which is always See, good There's no them. nudity. There's no yeah. profanity. There's, there's they don't need a dancing gorilla like they yeah. did with like Starship Troopers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also... And, and it's 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 competently enough made that you can follow the story. It's yeah. not like you watch some of these and it's like, I have no idea what's going on because yeah. this is so poorly yeah. shot like, or whatever. Like, is this even a movie? Like, yeah. what is this? You know? It's just random reels of film. But it's also, like I said, it's it's not, it's it's over overly dramatic in parts. And parts of it are just, you have to take things at face value that are ridiculous. So it's a perfect riff track sort of film. Sure, sure. And that's, uh, that's where I was first actually. I shouldn't say that. I actually saw some of this. So, so back in a, in the day when like Sci-Fi Channel actually showed movies and things like that, yes. they were showing all the Amityvilles, mm -hmm. and I've seen some of this. And I said, "This movie about a killer lamp." Yeah. And like, I never saw all of it. I never saw the end, but like, I saw some in the middle of it. And I'm like, "Okay, this is nuts," that kind yeah. of thing, right? And, it, and again, not to say it wasn't on television, because again, it's a TV movie. Right. NBC owns it. They could put this out. Yeah. You know, NBC Universal. Uh, you know, now it's NBC Universal, yeah, right, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Like, th there's amazing that the stuff that they can circulate out is, and sell through to um, as syndication packages yep. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And this is perfect for that because let's face it, it's 95 minutes. You, you know, you might cut some of it down a little bit. You know, whatever, depending on your. Yeah. Because now with commercials take longer. Well, yeah, and that's also with the credits. They usually shrink the credits yeah. and speed them up. But it's, yeah. it'll air in a two-hour time slot. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, and especially when you're just trying to fill content. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Um, These are the type of things they show up in the dead zones and I don't mean that as a pun where you don't have new episodes of stuff yep. and so it's like in December and stuff like that where mid-season finales have happened mm -hmm. and so you're just trying to fill hours that used to be traditionally when you'd see a lot of these TV movies either debuting or coming back was you know the, or, or into the summer yep. when shows were on summer hiatus yep. Yep. you know that they, that's where these would be very common yeah think television was very different See, that's some of us. I don't. Maybe some of us don't even realize that. I, I, I assume everyone knows these things. The way television was done in the the eighties into the early nineties is very different than it's done now into the you know the the you know the two thousand twenties and stuff like that. Like television is not the same thing. It's not. There is no. Well, for, let's forget the fact that there was no full season put out at one time. That didn't happen. Episodic television was different. Yeah. Uh, shows would go you know into sweeps. You would have like. Like you would have, okay, we're gonna have the first twenty episodes, and then like you would have no new episodes till whatever. 
it was it was designed differently. Yeah. It's, it, television itself has changed so drastically mm-hmm. in the way. And I don't mean television like people are like. Well, I don't I don't have cable anymore. It's mm-hmm. like great, buddy. Go tell somebody who cares. Yeah. The idea is that like the way television was shot, the way things were yes. presented, it's right. all very different back then. Yeah. The the, uh, the 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 nature of just having a summer season yes. wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. They always hear about the one you always hear about. The two you always hear about is Mash and Cheers, right? That they were not successful in their original airings. But people discovered them during summer reruns because they said, well, we already watched this other show that's on rerun. Let's try this one on the other channel. Yeah. And that's how they started getting their audience. Mm-hmm. Whereas now there are shows commissioned specifically to be to fill in the other seasons when the shows, the, yes. the main the yeah. A shows are on break. There are new, okay, we're going to start this series to start to fill in that spot. Right. And, and now we have series where it'll say, like, you'll have the Goldbergs will start uh, the one week and then the Connors, which is on, you know, uh, you know is the... Because the Goldbergs are on at eight, and the, the Connors are on at nine yeah. on like ABC, let's say, where the Connors will start one week later. Yes. Because this way, the Goldberg season finale will not be the same night as the season finale yeah. of Connors, because they want you to come back. Because they're like, well, we're going to debut like Abbott Elementary School, and they want you to come watch the debut because yeah. you're going to watch the Connors anyway. Like they're trying to get they're going to they're going to spike multiple ratings. Yeah, out of that. yeah, they're yeah. trying to do that. That stuff was not necessarily done that yeah. way. Back in the in the eighties into the nineties, yeah. but it's just the way television is different and film is different. Everything mm-hmm. is different and yeah. grown and changed. So, um, if you want to see this movie, folks, I mean, again, it is available on DVD. It's I don't own it on DVD. No, the to me, um, if you really want to see it, I mean, you can track it down. There, I, there are Amityville sets, but I don't know if this yeah. is in any of the Amityville. I'm, yeah, because again, there's so many different ones out there. I I, I will say this: I am. At one point, this was on Tubi TV, mm-hmm. so you could watch it for free. I think at one point it was also on Pluto, yes. uh, on their video-on-demand service, which is also free. So there, it is out there available for you to consume uh, if, if you don't you know, want to just try it if you've never seen it. Um, so it's it, you know that that's the thing there, especially with a lot of these ones. These these don't don't have a terrible amount of content. You can find them on on a yeah. lot of these services. Like I'm looking, like the Amityville Collection is one, two, and three, and then the Confidential. Like it's not even in there. Yeah. Um. It's it's. I don't. I've never seen this DVD to be honest with I'm, you. I'm, I have the book. Yeah, I have the book. I actually got the book and I think Amityville the final chapter, which is the one right before it. I got them out of the freebie bin at one of my used bookstores in yeah. uh, back home. Um, I've never read the book. I did have to laugh when we, we were going to cover this. I'm like, hey, <laughs> so I read your book. You know? So the reality is this. For those of I mean, for those of you, again, and I, and I understand some of us do not like Rift Tracks, do not like Misty and stuff like that. But if you do yes. like Rift Tracks and Misty, yeah. this might be one worth picking up. Yes. It's an actually a great live riff. I'm a very big fan of live riffs. Mm-hmm. The, the audience laughing. Yeah. When you're okay, so I've never been to the actual riff live at the Bellacourt at, Theater, at the Bellacourt or, Theater or something. Yeah. Like that. I've been to the theater. Yes. When we've seen live riffs, Luke and I have been together for uh, one. Mm-hmm. I've been with Kelly for a number of them. Yeah. The, they are always so much funnier. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's infectiously laughing. Yes. Right. The thing also that's just real quick on this, because they have to react, they have to build in the reaction time from the audience. There's less riffs. Yes. So it also, if you're, if, if it's a movie that you like, that's okay. If it's a movie that you're like, wow, this is not that great, that's okay too. It reminds me more of like season one of Misty. Yes. Where there's less riffs per minute. Yes. Because that was just the way that Joel kind of wrote the show, you yeah. know, and the idea. So it, it gives you a little bit more of the, 
a little bit more breathing room between the gags too, yeah. because you're reacting, and they have to wait for the audience to come down before they hit you again. Otherwise, you're going to miss yeah. the riff. Yes, that. So um, it's. I think it's well worth it. It's one of the. I actually back the Kickstarters yeah. and stuff. I always back all the Kickstarters for mm -hmm. them. Um, so I got it like day it came out. We actually watched it together here. Yes. Uh, for the first time, both of us seeing it together because because um, you didn't you didn't go to the no, theater. No, I missed that one. Yeah, and I was unable to go to the theater. Obviously, um, you know, dealing with all my illnesses and stuff. Um, you know, just not safe to be in a movie theater when you literally can't be near. Yes. I can't. I'm not allowed to be in public. Yeah. So probably a movie theater is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and plus, I don't know if Danbury even played it. They were they were really really getting crazy oh, about yeah. not playing certain yeah. things because remember they have to pay they have to pay Fathom Events they to play it. Carriage fee. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and the thing is, if they could guarantee themselves, you know, half the theater full, it would be easy. But like nowadays, no. they only run a half theater full for yeah. like main movies. So, right. Yeah. Right. But folks, so again, like you said, it's a competently made movie, which puts it ahead of other movies we've seen. Absolutely. Right? It's they put have it ahead of us. It's put us ahead of other movies we've covered. I yes. Think. <laughs> we've. It has. I'm. I'm. I'm just thinking about what happened in, in this. Uh, you know, uh, with with um, uh, the Santa. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, you know, it was uh, the the. The, the has professional actors and actresses. Um, it, it doesn't. It, it's it doesn't wink at the camera. No. Like it's it's not going to be. If it might be your favorite, is it your favorite? Yeah. I would love to hear from somebody who this is like. Right in. Let, let us know. I'd love to hear that too. Yeah. I love. Like, I don't like any other Amityville movie except this yeah. one. Um, but you know what though? It, it wasn't a bad little movie to watch. No. Um, it was enjoyable. Again, you say, well, we watched it with a riff track. Like, yes, but we still watched the movie. Like, the movie yeah. didn't change, you know, right. kind of thing. I mean, this is one, and again, it's not bad either for, like, mixed company. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, maybe you've got a spouse that's not really into horror movies. Like, well, you know, what, what do you think about a ghost story? Okay. Well, you, can, yeah. you know, again, yeah. I don't know be your first choice, but if it's on, you know, whatever, it works. Yeah. So... All right, folks. So, um, like we said, this was supposed to be a, a, we were supposed to do a dark room, and of course, we said, "Well, let's do a, like a special movie presentation." Yeah. And so you're thinking to yourself um, that uh, the um, you know, okay, what's going to happen? We got to uh, have a dark room. Well, dark room will be back, you know, during its normal. Like we'll have them, you know, our thirty ones. Usually, we kind of have them when we don't have. It was preempted once already because yes. we did this Kong seventy six feedback, and then it was uh, preempted. You know, we were doing it here, so. What's next? So we have our, you know, and this is our our um, our March, you know, end of March episode, you know, and we hope everyone enjoyed Dad and I talking about um, Sinbad and the uh, Eye of the Tiger, Eye of the Tiger, you know, yeah. as our anniversary episode. Uh, but what's coming up in April? So in April, um, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about. I, I want to say, it is one of the most. It's a it's a super influential movie for what it does, but I bet a lot of people don't think it is. Is that probably a good way to describe that? Yeah, I think I think if you're a certain age, you might not. You might not realize just how influential and important, legitimately important, this film is. If you're, I think if you're our age, mm -hmm. you might understand that. I think if you're younger, it, it you've, because of what's happened after, you don't necessarily think of this one in the same context. And that movie we're talking about is RoboCop. And you come here was like Robocop and rolled your eyes because you don't think you're not realizing what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Robocop is is a movie that for my brother and myself especially is one of the movies in our more in our more formative years yep. of deciding of how we look at film, mm -hmm. how we understand film. Um, 
and we will talk about that on yep. when we when because Luke will be joining me for I, RoboCop. I will be back. There was yeah. no way I was going to let you cover RoboCop. No, there's and not no have possible. Me on it. RoboCop is one of the most influential movies of its time that maybe people don't realize it is. And when we, and we will point this out. I'm not going to give any way. We're going to. We won't. We won't get into it now. Yeah, but trust us. You will look at RoboCop completely differently when you're we're done with it. Or hopefully you're already on board. Or, or, yeah, yeah okay. hopefully you're on board and you're like, oh, oh yeah, of course, RoboCop's amazing. Like, you know. So if you haven't watched RoboCop yet, I'm just telling you now, watch RoboCop. Yeah. Because you're gonna want if you've never seen it, if you've never seen it, and you already passed judgment on it. You're like, it's gonna be dumb. You'll be wrong. Watch the movie because yeah. when we are talking about things, you need to understand what we're talking about when we're yeah. going. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not to be too deep, but I'm just saying yeah. because we just talked about a killer lamp. Anyway, so. Um, it's I like think, Family Guys, like Stephen King. Oh, it's a lamp monster! Ooh, lamp monster! <laughs> the part I always like in that is not even Stephen King phoning it in, but then the publisher going, "When can we have it, bud?" <laughs> so yeah, um, all right, folks. So that about does it for um, Amityville: The Evil Escapes, uh, and we will uh, again be back next month with RoboCop. Um, so, folks, as we say around here, oh, well, first of all, let me thank my brother very much for being on the episode as a special guest. Sure, Luke, want to tell people where they can find you on uh, the Two Shoe Freaks and on the web. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me uh, here to cover Amityville, the, the evil escapes. Uh, if you like uh, hearing my voice and you're not too sick of it at this point, you can check me out on my podcast, with, which is Earth Destruction Directive. Any place you found Bots, Bugs, and Babes, you can find Earth Destruction Directive. It is a show celebrating Japanese giant monster uh, culture, history of film, games, books, comics, all that good stuff. So if you like monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, uh, Gamera, King Ghidorah, Mothra, uh, come on over, check out my show. Of course, I also co-host The Vault with my brother, The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror here on Two True Freaks, and Get Back to the Wrestling. Finally, there's a podcast on the internet about professional wrestling, so that is where you can find me. So if those sound interesting, please check them out. Yeah, and as I like to remind people, um, The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror and Get Back to the Wrestling are not... All ages. They are not all ages. That the the horror one and the wrestling one are not all ages. Those have some colorful language in there sometimes, maybe by me. Um, yeah. But but yeah. that Earth Destruction Directive, just like Bots, Bugs, and Babes, is an all ages show. It That's is safe right. for kids. I'm not saying the movies we watch are always, especially on, on yeah, Bots, Bugs, Bugs, and Babes, and Babes yeah. are always a kid appropriate movies. But what we what we're saying on the air yeah. is not going to be offensive or. Um, there's no uh, colorful. You can listen in the car. Yes, and yeah. you might, you know, there might be some complaints because they want to listen to their their morning show or whatever. Yeah. But it's like I'm driving, I'm listening yeah. to the podcast. Like, why now. am I listening to TikTok radio? But like, no, we're listening to Jay talk about and yeah. Jay and Luke talk about a killer lamp. Yes. So, um, so thank you very much for Luke for being on. As we say around here, folks, keep those cards and letters coming and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo. Once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or 
Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at botsbugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram... Find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jacknetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Will you stop?